0: Good morning, kind of morning. It's like late morning. We're, this is the latest chapel we've had in the morning so far. Uh, well, I'm glad I'm glad you guys are here. Last day of camp. What, how are you feeling about that? Boo. Okay, we get some boos. I like that. I mean, it would be way way worse if you were like cheering that we we're finally ending. Uh, but things have been going well here. I, I love uh, spending time with you, and uh, and that's the focus of the message this morning. Spending time in relationship. Not with each other, but with the God of the universe. Uh, As you guys walk across the bridge, usually around like 6 p.m., you've probably noticed that I'm sitting there and FaceTiming my wife and my girls. And being away from them is one of the hardest parts about coming out here and spending the time with you. And, And yet... The beauty of technology is that we have a lot of means to, to connect with people that aren't sitting right next to you. We have FaceTime, we have social media, we have all of these different ways that we can connect with people. And I wonder if I got here to camp and had the means to, to connect with my wife but chose not to, how that would make her feel. If I got here on Sunday and flew home on Friday and didn't spend any time as I'm out here talking to the most important person in my life, when I got home, we probably would have some words. If, if I woke up every morning and just went about my day and didn't spend time connecting with my wife, there's a good chance that, that our relationship, instead of growing, it would break down. And and the same is true of us and God. And so I want to talk this morning about what it looks like for us to have that constant relationship with Jesus. Because I think a lot of times we go through life and we think that following Jesus is just a religion. And it is a religion. I'm not one of those people who say it's a relationship and not a religion. There is a religious aspect to following Jesus. However, it's not just a religion. It's also a relationship. And Jesus, uh, way back when he created the first human beings ever, Adam and Eve, we see this picture in the garden. I know there's a cabin that read this just last night. They read like through eight chapters of Genesis. It was amazing. God creates man. And he creates man differently than he creates everybody else or everything else. Instead of just speaking them into existence, he molds them. And then he breathes life into their nostrils. This, this picture of intimacy, the, the desired intimacy that God wanted between him and his creation, him and, and his crowning creation, humanity in the garden. And then sin comes and it, it destroys all that. But Jesus is the great reconciler. And he comes back and he, he reconciles us to him. And the goal is that we ought to, uh, that we could gain back that intimacy that God first wanted in the garden. So what does that look like for us? Well, I think there are two parts of intimacy with God. First, and I I talked about these a little bit the other, I think yesterday. The first is regular Bible intake, regular Bible intake. And then the second is, is prayer. So what do these look like, and why do we do them? Well, let's start with regular Bible intake. I want you to notice, and I mentioned it uh, before, that, that I didn't say daily quiet time, because like all of a sudden, everything is about what we should do, what we ought to do. And obligation starts to drive our relationship with the God of the universe. So we look at it and we go, oh, I have to do this. Or, or if I don't do this, am, am, I, am I not pleasing God? If I don't spend time with him every single day for at least 30 minutes a day, am I pleasing God or am I not? And we start to, we start to define our relationship based on what we do instead of who he is and so one thing that I try to do in my life is I try to I try to say what does the bible say about that and we've heard for years and I used to be a youth pastor that told my students daily quiet time every day 30 minutes that's the goal I would give them rewards for doing it And there's nothing wrong with that per se, but I don't see it in the Bible. I don't see daily quiet time with God anywhere in Scripture. But what I do see is I see Psalm 119, verse 105. that says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I see Joshua 1.8 that says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. I see Matthew 4.4 where it says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, when we make the Bible say something that it doesn't say, we become more like the Pharisees than we do like Jesus. It doesn't anywhere say, read it every day for 30 minutes. That's a human creation. But what it does say, it does say that we should treasure it. Treasuring doesn't just happen here, it happens here. It says that it should always be on our minds and always be on our hearts. It says that we should live our lives from it, that it should be the authority of our lives. God's word should be the thing that guides your life, that, that that determines your steps. And it says, lastly, that we should delight in it. That word delight's interesting because I don't think we can delight in something that we feel obligated to do. Obligation very rarely leads to delight. There's a big difference between reading God's Word out of delight and reading God's Word out of obligation. Obligation says, I don't want to do this, but I have to. So obligation says, I don't want to read God's Word, but but I have to. If I don't, then am I really even a Christian? If I don't, does God... Start to 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 wonder if I even love him. If I don't, am I, am I not obeying all the rules that I have to obey as a Christian? But love. Love says I want to even if I don't have to. Love says I want to even if I don't have to. It's the idea of like, I don't I don't have to legalistically open up God's word every day, but but I long to. Because I know in his word is where I find him, his character, his promises, his desires for my life. In his word is where I get get to see who he is and what he wants for me. So what does regular Bible intake look like? Well, The first and obvious one is reading your Bible, right? And I think this is the most important one. I don't think it should be, it's something that should be removed uh, because it's a little more difficult or because you don't like to read. We have uh, one of the youth pastors uh, talked about this morning how we actually have uh, Bibles that will read to us. Uh, And so you can open up your Bible app and it can read to you, but being in the the word of God is the number one way that we can take in the Bible. But there are other ways. I love I love that we have technology that allows me to talk to my wife in Tennessee. But I also love that we have technology that allows us to get lots of different types of Bible intake throughout our day. We have sermons on YouTube, and here's the caveat from reputable pastors. Like these guys on Instagram that are I know sometimes I'm on Instagram and I see something that's like thought provoking and I'm like, that must be true, because it's on Instagram. Not everything on Instagram is true, and you have to make sure your your pastors are a great, a great resource to run people by and say, hey, is this a reputable guide to listen to on YouTube? I mean, all of our sermons get put up on YouTube. There's not very many pastors who don't put their sermons up on YouTube. And now all of a sudden you've got this database of of sermons that you can listen to. Bible studies. You can buy a a Bible study. You can go to a Bible study. You can be a part of a Bible study. Devotionals that get you in the word, not just devotionals that talk about people's opinions, but but scripture-based devotionals are great and the list just goes on and on and on you can find a lot of opportunities for regular bible intake but what's the why behind it we talked about the what and the how but what's the why behind it well well, first of all the, the bible's how we know god these are the pages where god revealed himself to us he revealed his plan of redemption he reveals his heart in them we get to see him But also God's word teaches us. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped in every good work. God's word teaches us. When you read, you don't just read it like it's a novel. You read it and you ask questions of it. As you open up God's word, you read a a paragraph and you say, what does this mean to my life? What What does God want to teach me in this? What needs to stay the same? What needs to change? What work does God want to do in my life? And then finally, God's word is a defense against sin. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Many of you are asking that question this week. How can I keep my way pure? I know when I go back down the mountain, I'm going to struggle with the same things that I struggled before I came up here. And he answers it by keeping it according to your word. With all my heart, I've sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word, I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. God's word helps us to not sin. It reminds us of what God wants for our lives, what he offers us. So regular Bible intake It's the first step towards intimacy with God, but there's another one we talked about, it's it's prayer. And I think the thing that holds us back is the feeling like we somehow have to be good at prayer. Like there's some level of prayer, like like in school when you get a grade and you get your report card and you got a few C's on there and it makes you feel bad because you feel like you're not good enough and we enter into prayer and all of a sudden we think things like, I don't even know where to start. How do I how do I talk to God? I'm not I'm not I'm not good at it. Or or I heard I heard this person pray and they're really eloquent. They, they're, their prayers are incredible. I can't I can't pray as well as them. Or this one, if God really knew who I was, he wouldn't want to talk to me. I want you to listen to this psalm. It's Psalm 139. Verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. He's not trying to hide anything. He says, Search me and see the truth of my heart, where I am. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Know the ways I'm not trusting you. Know the the places in my life where I'm struggling. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the the, the way everlasting. He wants... He wants to be known, and the best—the pl- best part about prayer is that it's a—it's a place. It's not a place to be perfect. It's a place to be honest. Prayer a time where we get to connect with the God of the universe, and He already knows you aren't perfect. He just wants you to trust Him with your imperfections. So, what does a healthy prayer life look like? What does it look like for you to go down the mountain and commit yourself to a healthy prayer life? The first is just doing life with God. 1 Thess- Thessalonians five seventeen, 17, Paul, just, he, he, com- he commands us, pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean you walk around with your eyes closed. It doesn't mean you're driving and you close your eyes and get in an accident. It just means you, you're constantly aware that the Holy Spirit is with you. You're constantly relying on him for, for what life throws your way. You have a test. All right, God, help me in this moment to recall the information that I've studied. Something goes wrong. God, help me in this situation. It's this constant reliance on God. But it also looks like honest confession. God wants to know your heart. He knows when you're faking it or when you're just trying to be super religious and say the right words but God just wants you to be you. He doesn't care what words you use. He cares that you bring the honesty of your heart to him. It also looks like uh, these are going to be like cuss words to you. Okay, ready? Silence and solitude. How many of you guys brought AirPods uh, to, to camp with you? Yeah, okay. Some of you are like, I don't want people to know I brought my AirPods. Uh Silence and solitude is something that that I struggle with. It's something that's really hard for me to to sit down and have nothing going into my into my ears into my brain, but it's something that's so important. God meets us in our in the silence. He meets us in the solitude. He wants you to sit there undistracted. The beauty of Heartland Christian camps is that you leave all your distractions down the mountain and you come up here and you experience God. But but Heartland is just a place. The distraction-free life can be a part of your ongoing walk with Christ. Silence and solitude as you set aside some time during your day just to be with God, just to sit quietly and listen to Him. We think prayer is a lot of talking, but prayer is also a lot of listening. Which brings me to my last part of prayer, which is active listening. Active listening, we... We spend a lot of time talking. We're talking to the God of the universe. And he loves that you're talking to him. He'll let you talk and talk and talk and talk. But you know what? I've realized that in our conversation, he's the one with more wisdom. In our conversation, he's the one with more grace. In our conversation, he's the one who knows my heart better than I do. And so if I'm going to be the one that only does the talking, then I'm robbing myself of all that God has to offer me. And so I just encourage you as you sit down in prayer, instead of making it a one-way conversation, make it a two-way conversation. And God will speak to you, not most likely audibly, you aren't gonna hear his voice, but he's gonna to start to impress things on your heart, both through your prayer time and through your time in his word. And so, what would it look like for you if every time you sat down to pray, you you set aside some time to actively listen to the God of the universe? In a minute, we're gonna we're gonna break out of here. I'm gonna pray for you and we're gonna we're gonna be done this morning and you're going to go to personal devotion time. And my hope for you is that as you as we walked through what it looks like to have a, an intimate relationship with God that you would enter into this time. That you if if you feel nervous about it that you try it anyway. If you feel skeptical about it that you would try it anyway. That you would be willing to sit down, open up your Bible, Use the the uh, packets that they've been passing, the booklets that they've been passing out. How Whatever it looks like for you to spend time with God. Spend time praying. Spend time listening. Spend time without your AirPods in. And see if it's not one of the richest parts of your morning. I'm going to pray. God, we thank you for this morning. The reminder to to not just do life in parallel lanes with you, but to do life with you, intimately, walking with you. Lord, you gave us your word so that we can know you. Lord, you use your word to speak to us, to teach us, to show us what you want for our lives. I pray that we would enter into our time in your word, whether it's reading the Bible or listening to sermons, asking questions of what you want, to transform in us. And Lord, thank you that we have a direct line to you. We don't need anyone to translate for us. We don't need permission to talk to you. We we have a direct line to the God of the universe. And so Lord, I pray you would transform our prayer lives. Lord, that as we get, all get ready to head down the mountain, Lord, that we would be recommitted to a life In your word, because we love you. And a life of prayer, because we love you. So God, do a work in us. And I pray for everyone as we enter into personal devotions. Lord, let this be the richest part of their week. In Jesus' name, amen.